Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again to do another episode of the Nullcast. As always, uh, we will thank our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana. Louisiana hot sauce, three simple ingredients, one fantastic product. Uh, they <laughs> provide consistency in the world that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of it right now. So a uh, great partner for us, great sponsor. Uh, somebody that I jokingly talked about uh, buying a couple bottles as a as a coronavirus stock up uh, last episode and uh, have only continued to do so. So uh, thank you for the support and leadership that we get from them. Uh, no better partner for us. And uh, as the title sponsor of the Nolcast, we tip our hat in their direction. And uh, Bud, we jump into a Nolcast that certainly is going to be very different. Somebody most. who's followed this thing for like a month and a half. If you want this to be a getaway from the coronavirus, for the most part, we will be. We're not going to try to sound like insensitive by talking about uh, football at a time like this or recruiting at a time like this. We'll just try to talk about the implications, what's happened, make sense of it, uh, give you an, as good of an idea as to what normalcy might look like once it returns and how this is all going to impact it. So uh, let's jump into it. Excited to do one as always. Let's uh, let's see where this takes us, bud. Yeah, so it's been a bit of a crazy week. I was in Nashville for uh, for our, our 24-7 sports uh, SEC publishers conference, and they were supposed to have the SEC basketball tournament. And we, we were watching these things get canceled, and, and I, I may have had a few wagers on uh, on that night uh, in, in the NBA and you know, a bunch of pre-stuff that I had loaded in for uh, for these conference tournaments coming up. And you know, I see the announcement that the uh, the game there between the Jazz and was it Jazz and whoever. Uh, was was delayed and then uh, canceled. And I was like, "Oh, this is bad." Just you know, from following uh, what other countries have been doing as far as quarantining and, and cancellation, or some other countries not doing such a good job of it, and then watching it spread, you know, rather uh, rather rampantly. And I was like, "Oh gosh, like this is gonna this is gonna impact at least the conference tournaments and probably probably March Madness too." And immediately in my head, I started thinking about, all right, uh, content plan if March Madness is canceled because, you know, I, I run editorial over there at, uh, at 24-7. Like, all right, what do we do if we don't have you know, March Madness for two weeks? Um, and then just the last couple, couple days of the weekend, the cancellations came, you know, continued to come down. The NCAA basically said, yeah, uh, spring sports are done as far as championships so no baseball championship no 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 basketball championship name any other spring sport uh, that you have here and i think that really for me drove home the the magnitude of what we were dealing with here and you're talking about the baseball championships aren't until what june so i mean you're we're we're, we're that confident that this is going to be this big of a deal right that like we're not going to we're, we're going to preemptively cancel the baseball championships. That, that, that kind of drove it home to me, but I was really, I, I was sad for the basketball team, man. One of their best regular seasons ever. It was just very bittersweet watching that video uh, of them. And I know Chris Nee at Knowles 24 7 captured the moment pretty well with his article because he was there, but like watching them get, get awarded the ACC title. Uh, like none of them were, were happy about that. And they realized that their seasons, are done, uh, and this was a, this was a team. Just looking back on it, that had a really good chance to make a deep run. I don't think they were the best team in the country, but they, they were certainly you know one of them. Very battle tested. Could beat you 
in a lot of different ways. And, and it's, it's going to be a team that is, uh, they, they, they had an opportunity taken from them. Again, like we said at the outset, not trying to minimize the importance of, uh, of what's going on. I mean, like basketball is kind of secondary to, you know, pandemic. That sucks, man. It, it sucks for these kids that they're they're taken away, and um, I I was bummed about it. You know, I, th- I think when we look back on it, the OKC game that you referenced there, and, and Rudy Gobert testing positive is going to be seen as one of the real kind of moments in time in this whole process, and certainly changed the trajectory for for sports. And you know, maybe even was a, a broader alarm ring that uh, penetrated parts of society that that other you know people were not able to. Uh, with a message. Now, as far as Florida State goes, uh, you're absolutely right. It's tough that we just watched one of their best regular seasons ever. Uh, we watched a team that, in my opinion, had a roster and components that are necessary for a, a good, healthy NCAA run. And, uh, you know, that's obviously not something that we're going to see. Uh, we'll see about other sports. Maybe there's a chance that baseball could uh, could be turned back on at some point. I mean, I, I doubt it, but when you're talking about a June end date, when you look at the way that other countries have dealt with this and kind of how they've tried to uh, shut down and then return, maybe there's a place uh, where in the back end of April, we could start looking at playing uh, collegiate sports again. Maybe. And if that takes place, then maybe we could see some kind of resumption of uh, of the spring sports on a on a more truncated schedule, but in my opinion, we'll we'll probably be looking to the fall for for championship sports, uh, collegiate championship sports again. Man, that's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. The ramifications of it. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what the NCAA does. Is there a chance that they allow uh, enhanced or not enhanced, but uh, uh, added eligibility for people that weren't able to complete a season? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see if they allow it, the flexibility that they would possibly allow with scholarships. ton of moving pieces here, uh, but certainly you know, living and, and going through unprecedented times at the, at the same time. I'll also point out that Bud just has a little bit of a cold. I don't want you all to think that we're running his voice through a, through a new filter or something like that. Uh, just let you know that we're, 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 we're going to use the uh, bass enhance here uh, on, on my voice this, uh, this week. <laughs> but is going to be, but is going to be uh, shaking the windows of your car as you, as you drive down the street, as uh, as I used to do with my music as an obnoxious teenager. So, all right, we're going to pause to thank our friends at Resolution Home Loans. That's Shannon Young and Chad. Uh, just an awesome awesome power pair in the mortgage industry. And I, I really, really want to thank them because they, they just saved me a boatload of money on my home refi. Uh, Shannon said that 50 Nolcast listeners, 50 dude called him after, after I revealed that they saved me uh, well over a hundred K on my, uh, on my refi. And if you've been watching rates, uh, they're, uh, they're pretty low and some of them are continuing to, to tick lower. So, Again, look, Shannon Young is the best loan guy in the business for my money. I've done my mortgage through him for the Nolcast Home Loan Studios, and I've done my refi through him now. It's that awesome service. It's the attention to detail you get with him. Um, you know, him tracking and decided, hey, look, should we lock in now? Should, should we let it float? Just the, it's, it's the service, the knowledge of the industry. And when you call, uh, you, you may get a little Noel talk uh, as well. It's 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHomeLoans.com. Kind of busy right now, so maybe not 
quite as long of null talk as you, as you would normally get, but probably still get a little bit. And we certainly appreciate you all uh, using our sponsors. A couple of things I think I think you bring up a really good point. We don't know if they can if they can ramp up some spring sports just for competition, not championship, obviously, because that, that's that's canceled. But just thinking about baseball, it, it takes a couple of weeks for these pitchers to ramp back up. You can't just take these guys. This is something I was listening to a an MLB podcast, just trying to think of ideas that we could apply to football, right? And they were like, you know, the thing is, once they declare, yeah, like baseball is is going to resume for MLB, they're going to need a couple of weeks to get these pitchers back and, and ramped up to workload. The, the same thing applies to college baseball. So, like, could we see some college baseball potentially? I I'm very interested in. in are you going to allow these sports to practice once the uh, once the kids resume campus, or or is that going to be considered an organized activity? I, I don't know. It also raises a lot of questions about sport. I know we'll talk about in a second, like sport that only had about three, what three or four practices in, I believe, and and you know basically nothing in, in, in full pads or well n- nothing like any kind of meaningful thing. They, they didn't even get a scrimmage in, as far as I know. This is tough, man. I. I Obviously, we we're, we're having to cancel our our, our Madso you know gathering for the spring game because there there is no spring game at this point, and like, I don't think that's going to change. That, that that was going to be a blast. I was I was really excited about that. On that note, like you guys support us. We're we're a local small business. If you can, please do support Madso. I mean, of of our sponsors, they're they're clearly the ones who are most likely to feel an impact. From the coronavirus, they're a very socially responsible, uh, you know, restaurant and business, and and I think people within there are practicing their social distancing. I know they're they're making sure their employees are washing their hands like crazy and and, and taking taking the proper steps. Uh, they also do a great takeout business, you know, and, and if you're local, support support Matzo, support Township, support Central. You know, hit them up with the takeout business, help these guys out a little bit. It would really be appreciated. Um, Especially some of y'all who have to kind of stay at home and, and realize that you, you're, you're maybe not that good of a cook, right? Like, get, give yourself a break here a couple of times and, and go get some Matzo takeout. Absolutely do. I mean, uh, Bud said it as well as I could. They're they're just an integral part of the community. Uh, they support us. They support high-quality uh, Florida State sports radio on the terrestrial level. They support other quality Florida State podcasts. Uh, they're good people who need our help right now. And, um, you know, look, if you can go online and, and buy a shirt uh, from afar, that's fantastic. Uh, if you're not in the Tallahassee area and you're not able to take advantage of the, the takeout program that they're setting up as it sounds like many restaurants will be setting up around the country. Uh, but these guys, you know, I don't know that they desperately need your help, but it's a it's a very significant moment for many small businesses and uh, Township, Madison Social, and the people at the For the Table Restaurant Group. Uh, if you could if you could support them in any way possible, uh, we we very, very much ask you to give strong consideration to doing it. What about the seniors? Like, if we talk about this, like, I, I know I've thought a lot about this, and I think a lot of people are just assuming guys who were seniors this year will get another year of eligibility if they want that. And my initial thought, Ingram, was I, I don't know if the NCAA will do that, right? Like, like who knows? This brings in a lot of complicating factors, like total number of scholarships. Are we going to have to waive the scholarship limits for for a year, right? Potentially, or or basically, if if you have a senior who decides to come back, that means your 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 scholarship roster is basically plus one, and and that will be 
a lot. They'll probably have to be like a hard a hard cap date on this to, to like if the kid wants to come back or not. I actually think they will allow the kids to come back just because the NCAA recently they have not been very good at getting out ahead of things and and enacting sweeping change, but they have been better recently, I think, at anticipating things that if they don't do will be an enormous PR backlash, right? Like the transfer portal thing and and, and the waiver process, I, I think that they should have gotten way ahead of that because ultimately, if you put non-competes on your non-employees, that doesn't really jive very well with them not being employees with, as far as your, your transfer waiver stuff. But here, this is an obvious one to me that they could say, wait a second. If we don't allow these seniors to have another year, if they choose to, to want to come back, how bad is that going to look in the media? That's going to get blown up like crazy, especially if there's no sports to talk about. We'll talk about sports derivatives, and that's one of them, and they'll they'll get plastered. So you have that. You have, I did do some checking on this, the, uh, the baseball rule, right? Like guys have to be three years out uh, or 21. So for the most part, if guys who like want to go pro from baseball, like they're not going to have to worry about will this be counted as as a third year uh, out of uh, out of high school or you know th- three seasons college baseball rule. So they're fine there. Um, my only other concern here is Title IX balancing. Right, you're probably going to have to figure out a way to get Title IX requirements for this one year waived because you might have a, a disproportionate number of female students who decide to come back as opposed to males or vice versa. Uh, my guess is you'd have more, more female students deciding to come back because there's less, you know, go pro early uh, or go pro opportunities there. Whereas some of the, some of the, your male athletes may just decide to, to, you know, take it on down the road simply because they're, they're older and they're not going to get that year back, you know, physically and age wise. But what, this is something we'll have to look at more in, in a future episode, but what happens to this basketball team? If, if your seniors can come back, you got, you got, you got some good players here. Yeah, yeah, let's uh let's have a <laughs> a potentially positive encouraging conversation uh where maybe there aren't a ton to be had right now. It's uh it's fascinating to see what they do. In my opinion, you've got to just spend suspend Title IX for uh for 3 semesters probably and and let this pipeline kind of clear itself. And um I imagine that that's what the NCAA will do. Uh both with Title IX and just with uh allowing the continuation of scholarships in which uh, the student athlete did not see their season through to a full uh, completion. So uh, something to watch for, something that uh, if that transpires, we'll be able to uh, to talk about. And hey, the idea of maybe Trent Forrest hanging around Tallahassee for, for one more year is not not the worst of things to uh, to bop around in your head while you're, you know, maybe self-quarantining for the next two weeks or so. Let's move to football. Football in general, uh, from a calendar standpoint of all the sports, uh, both Pro in college probably has the best chance to be unaffected as far as its official season. Uh, obviously, it's uh, wiped out spring. It's going to have uh, significant impacts in recruiting that we can talk about with you. But, Bud, if you're just given a, a general your general first impression, you think football starts as as is scheduled and is not otherwise impacted when we talk about the game schedule itself? I mean, I'm, I'm taking a total guess here, right? Because I have no idea about about the like the long tail of this and and, and the spread. But I I think it will. Uh, I think there will be a lot of pressure on the NCAA's business model to get these games, uh, to, to get these games played. And, and I I happen to think the football 
probably will uh, start on time. I, I can tell you, like, as an editorial planner, I have not yet started to contemplate what happens if we, you know, get to like early September and we still don't have any sort of games to talk about. But I, I think it will start on time. I don't know that it's guaranteed to, but my my guess is that that it will. You know, I'm interested too, Ingram. Like, what are they going to do about about these spring practices? Now, I mean, that sounds kind of like, oh, you know, football head. What about the spring practices? But but for real, like it, this does impact the quality of the product, and, and there are limitations currently in place about when you can actually hold spring practice, which obviously is probably not happening anymore, and then when you can when you can hold fall practices. And, and I'm curious, like, will the NCAA allow schools to perhaps, uh, you know, maybe in summer C, normally only the strength coaches can work with the players. Maybe they can go through and do, uh, you know, non padded like coach in person workout type, you know, like walk through practices or, or, you know, basically non pad because I, I doubt the NCAA is going to allow like more contact just doing a ramp up. But what if in June we could start having the coaches work with these kids? I, I think they're going to have to consider some stuff like this. We know the coaches will be pushing for it because they know how, how long is fall practice. It, it, it's not that long, man. Like you get, you get like a couple of weeks in, okay, everybody's hit good. Everybody remember what we did in spring. Let's go back through a couple of these basics. All right, let's roll out and play a game. And these these early games, they're often pretty ugly, man. And then imagine playing these early games without spring practice. Like you're if you're Mike Norvell, if you're if you're Adam Fuller, you're you're trying to install a new offense and defense respectively. Good luck. You know, this is this is gonna be really interesting how the NCAA handles this what their response is. Cause I, I do think ultimately they are concerned with the quality of their product and the quality of their TV product. I mean, that's what their business is built on. And right now, especially in these games where it's like two teams that are actually decent teams, which maybe Florida state, West Virginia would, would, would count here. There's a good chance that game's pretty ugly. If, if they don't get some kind of additional practices. there. A lot of different media outlets uh, were interviewing uh, Florida State coaches recently, and that's uh, certainly something that uh, Bud and I had talked about and and been approached to do. And uh, we had made a conscientious decision, just us, to actually wait until after spring because uh, we wanted these guys to actually see the the raw product and not just uh, what these guys look like in you know uh, shorts and a tank top or uh, or the evaluation from last year. We honestly really wanted the coaches to see the roster that they have. And in some cases, the very real deficiencies uh, on the roster that they have. The the clip that's uh, kind of gone viral about the the linebacker drill uh, is, is kind of maybe the best visual representation of, oh boy, just how much work there is to do. Uh, and so that's that's something that we wanted to, to wait and, and actually get a very, like a legitimate, authentic response from actually having seen the roster, tried to coach it, and, um, you know, maybe not get a, as many sound bites about, you know, going to make the best of, of everything that they have and, and working to get better every day. It's a team, again, we're talking from a football perspective here. It's a team that desperately needs practice, desperately needs practice. So in this regard, Florida State will be more negatively impacted uh, than others in one area. And again, we're just looking at this through the through the uh, the lens of football. Certainly nobody's trying to exploit the coronavirus when I talk about this. This may have some elements of a beneficial nature to Florida State when it comes to the topic of recruiting. Um, everybody's going to have to press the 
kind of press the reset button here. Everybody's not going to have contact uh, with kids, at least not nearly in the uh, manner that they had previously. You know, social distancing is the buzzword for the day, but a, a lot of these prospects are going to have distance from staffs that they wouldn't have otherwise had. Perhaps it's an opportunity to, for Florida State to make up ground uh, or to kind of have a pause in a relationship that gives them a window to uh, to do better than, than maybe they otherwise would have. So it's going to be real hard for them to install <laughs> their offense. Uh, it's going to be real hard to install a defense and instruct uh, pieces of a defense that desperately need uh, instruction. You and I aren't people that are really fans of talking about year zero, unless we think it is very much in play. And in this one, from a, a coaching instruction standpoint, uh, I think you've got to even maybe dial back the expectation even further uh, for what Mike Norvell and staff are are really able to accomplish and, and what they're able to install at this point. There's a lot of really good points you bring up here. I mean, the, the recruiting thing, I, I think we could have an even bigger talk about that. And hell, I think we actually have time to do so in, in this episode. The install of the offense and defense, though, I mean, like, let's slow up and talk about that for a second because you're, you're not going to have in-person opportunities to be doing this. They're, they're going to have to make sure that they are doing so uh, virtually, which I think is, is really the reason why, why preaching patience here uh, for this staff makes a whole lot of sense. We were already on the patience bandwagon because you have you know, two transition classes in the early signing period era over a three-year span. And that hurts your roster a lot. Like there are things you can trace about this roster that are directly related to that. And not good things, right? Like bad things only. Like how good is their virtual install going to be? Are kids actually going to like sit there with their iPads and really study this and, and know it? Some kids I think will. Other kids are kids that have to get out there and and see it on the field and experience. Everybody learns differently. Like, you know, we have audio and visual and then what kinetic learners or whatever it is, uh, you know, the, the, the hands-on types. I don't know what the breakdown of this team's, you know, learning, uh, learning channels are, but this is going to be difficult, man, for sure. Like, they're going to have to find a way to get these kids to learn this stuff without a whole lot of in-person contact. And sometimes... The kid can, can watch it on an iPad and, and think he's got it, but then he gets out there and he lines up and the coach is like, oh, no, this this is all wrong. This is sort of unprecedented. We just don't know how this is going to work. But I, I do agree with you. The uh, negative on-field impact of, of this stoppage uh, is going to disproportionately affect coaches in year one or anybody who's installing a new scheme. If you're installing a new scheme on offense and defense, then yes, clearly like that will be a greater negative uh, for you than uh, than it otherwise would be, but yeah, this this is a year zero for sure. You know, th- this this kind of roster, this kind of schedule, and you know this kind of delay, I believe warrants a, a true uh, year zero like consideration. Recruiting wise, though, I, I think you kind of hit on something there, man. This actually this this delay could actually help Florida State in recruiting. A lot of schools have a head start on Florida State right now, and there's a lot of kids, who, like good kids, the kids you actually want, who are not really considering Florida State heavily. Although they'll, they'll mention Florida State occasionally, and they'll say, yeah, I like Florida State, cool. But they're not, like we know they're not really in it, in it. 
with some of these kids. And if you think about it on sort of a, a percentage basis, right? If some, if you've been recruiting a kid for, for two months and somebody else has been recruiting a kid for eight months, all right, that, that's a six month gap. But if you get it to where you've been recruiting a kid for six and somebody else has been recruiting him for 12, that's still a six month gap. But, it, but on a percentage basis, it's not quite as bad. You've had more time to form that relationship now relative to the opponent. Does that, does that make sense? Like, like basically you're, you're making up more ground. Maybe some of these kids who had had plans to take official visits in spring, which obviously are no longer going to happen because the NCAA dropped down their their dead period ban through April fifteenth, and I would expect that it would be extended uh, past April fifteenth. Obviously, this is going to slow the decision timeline and the visit timeline of a lot of recruits. And to be honest here, clearly Florida State did not want coronavirus, but if they could have some kind of magical thing that slowed everybody's recruiting process down and allowed them some time to catch up. Absolutely. They're in favor of that. I, I, I can guarantee you that. Now, do they want to have to, to catch up and do that only uh, with you know, via electronic communication? No, that's not ideal. But if everybody else is also limited to only electronic communication, that's, that's not that terrible. Now, I will say this. I think this does hurt Florida State in terms of the inability to get out on the road and recruit, you know, and discover some of these prospects in person because a lot of these guys have not recruited the state of Florida. Normally, they would be out there, you know, mid-April when when the evaluation period begins on the NCAA calendar and saying, hey, like, let's, let's go hit all these schools just like everybody else does. They go see these kids in person. They go meet more high school coaches in person. Et cetera, et cetera. Now, we don't know if the NCAA is going to adjust the recruiting calendar or not. My, my guess is that they probably will add some more evaluation slash, you know, quiet but not dead days later on, perhaps in the summer. Maybe they'll open it up a little bit earlier in August. This does slow the commitment timeline for some of these kids. I don't think we're going to see a huge flurry of commitments in the, in, in the next month or two. Uh, simply because kids are not able to visit. And there's a lot of these schools that have formed these good relationships with these kids who want to get them up there for an official visit in the spring, close the deal before Florida State can even get started on them, really. Well, now that's not going to happen for the most part. Now, we, we've seen a couple of kids commit in the last couple of days, but those are dudes who, who were you know, way advanced in the process. There's an element, man, that this could actually happen. Like that this could, the delay could actually help Florida State in recruiting, but football, certainly not. I, I do want to talk about though, we, we, we spoke about their, their junior day, right? And how we didn't think that it was that good compared to some of the other schools that they were recruiting against. They, they've done a pretty good job in the week following the junior day of getting some more kids on campus. They were still actively recruiting as of, what was that Thursday? I know they had like, they had visitors in on Thursday and that was, uh, that was pretty impressive. They, they, they got some big names in before this thing dropped, which, which I think was important. I was encouraged to see that. I was uh, I like to see the names uh, there. I'm not trying to play negative Nancy. Uh, I do think there's something to be said by using uh, the junior day as a pretty good ruler as as to where you are with kids, uh, like we talked about, and it and it gives you a little better ideas to if they're choosing option A over option B. But nonetheless, hey, look, when you get kids uh, like some of them that we're about to talk about, it's a big deal, it's a good deal, and it's a positive sign in the continuation of progress 
uh, that Florida State's making on the on the recruiting trail. Again, uh, I'm not going to totally dismiss the idea of using junior days as a as a pretty good uh, kind of measuring stick as to where you are versus other schools and the decisions that kids make as to who and uh, when to go visit. But uh, getting kids, talented kids on campus is always a good thing. And uh, it was it was really good to see some of the follow up names that came in on Wednesday and Thursday last week. Absolutely. So there we get Nylon Green, who's one of the top corners uh, in the country for the class of 2021. I think that's big. Like if you're going to pull a big time out of state kid like that, who has a really nice relationship with, with your 2022 kid, Hunter, who, by the way, is a stud. If you guys haven't watched Hunter, uh, that, that Georgia corner is is real nice. Uh, but getting Nyland Green in was big. They got their quarterback uh, in, in as well from, from Mississippi, Luke Altmaier. That is is a fairly important thing, right? Just getting him in, f- continuing to foster that relationship. This is a kid you're not going to see for probably two months now. You're going to need him to help kind of lead your class in the background and continue to recruit kids on social media, making sure he understands your message. I know it's kind of a weird time with everybody coming in and uh, obviously all this Rona stuff breaking, but um, getting, you know, Zion Reeves in who, who was there for junior day, a defensive end who, who looks everybody, everybody's big as, as what he's listed. I've heard a lot of good things about him. I know we've, we've talked about him uh, for a couple episodes now, but I think there's a chance he blows up into something big um, as far as big time rating. Not he already is pretty you know, big physically. And then tied in Michael Trigg, obviously coming in. Just just some names I wanted to point out that they did a, they did a good job of getting in. But I'm not going to ignore your point either about like, look, it's cool these kids came in. Junior day is is kind of a heat check, man. It's like, all right, where did they decide to go on the day that they actually had to make a decision? And for the most part, they went to Florida. They went to other schools that had junior days. Like overall, the junior day was not very good and. Yes, it is great that you got these kids on campus at all, no doubt. But don't ignore, right? Like, understand when these kids had to make a decision on where they were going to go. When they when they had that day to decide, okay, where am I going to go when, when all the other kid, elite kids are going to? For the most part, a lot of those kids decided to go to schools that were not Florida State. So that should let this staff know where they stand with some of these dudes, despite whatever these guys tell the staff. They also got Amari Harvey back on campus. Um, I, I think Harvey's a good player. I, I I wonder what his status is with with Florida. I know there was a lot of social media smoke about you know alleged pressures to commit and whatnot. But at the same time, like Florida safety recruiting right now is off the charts. I, I I don't know that the whole. I'm not sure. I totally buy the whole pressure to commit story. Kind of wonder like how much of a target certain players are at schools that they think they're you know, top choice. And, but Hey, uh, uh, you know, at the same time, sometimes just kids hypothetically are going to be told, Hey, like if you want in this class, you got to get in right now. Like you're not the type of kid we're going to wait for. I don't know what happened over there with that. I'm not sure anybody does, but, uh, but he did come back to Florida state uh, after, after having visited Florida, that's Amari Harvey, the, uh, the local safety prospect out of, uh, out of Tallahassee. So yeah, it's going to slow the recruiting process quite a bit. And Florida State is luckily they were able to get their their uh, their social media hire done. They, they got the guy from Nevada who does pretty good graphics, and like that's a fairly big deal because your recruiting now is going to be done entirely over the phone and social media. 
So like you got to have that game on point. I don't know if they, if they step up and they send even more graphics. You're kind of limited as far as stuff you can send graphics about in some ways because it's all like you're not going to send a whole lot of practice clips because you don't have any practice clips to send. You're not going to send a whole lot. There's no spring games to, to wish kids good luck in, <laughs> you know, uh, like so you, you're going to have to get creative here and just continue building those relationships. Uh, this is going to be a really important class. Coach Norvell and I look just as they're kind of making it up on the fly. Like I'm sure they have a plan. Their plan will probably change just as as ours will. You know, for content, I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, this is it's going to be interesting, man. I know as far as you know, editorial planning side, I, I broke out this folder of just kind of ideas I've had in my head for a long time. And I was like, all right, what if we ever had a, like a week where we could just do you know X. Right. If we didn't have all these other demands on us and we're going to try some creative stuff, both, uh, both on 24 seven, but also here, here on the Noel cast, do you have any kind of thoughts as to where this whole thing goes? Like, do you, do you think they're going to play? I didn't, I didn't ask you, do you think they're going to play in, uh, in September? Like, do you think we'll start on time for football? MLB is thinking June, by the way. Oh, sure as hell. Hope so. Yeah. If we're not playing football in end August, September, there's a, you know, we we probably won't be thinking a whole lot about football. I'll put it that way. You have to think so. I mean, you have to think if if we're able to resume normalcy by June, that you're able to get practice in, you're able to have uh, all the components that go together. I would say there's probably an 85% chance or better that Florida State's uh, game against West Virginia is not impacted from a timeline and that practice in, in space as far as just calendar space uh, is available to prepare a team uh, and a program to to start the season. So I think football will, will end up uh, being the beneficiary of this, not to uh, take it away from Florida State. I'm fascinated to see what the NFL does with this. I mean, what if they extended the draft to each round, like a day per round or something like that? The NFL is going to be one of the only the only things that can actually bring desired content to market because they have so much off-season content that they do such a good job of, you know, keeping their their name in the collective conversation. I'm I'm fascinated to see what the NFL does with this uh, opportunity. The draft may not be able to go on as it has in traditional state, uh, but the draft is 100% something that you could do remotely. And uh, fascinated to see what some of these sports do. Uh, with the content that they can put out, and uh, obviously it's going to be a while before we see live sports. Maybe there's a you know maybe there's a broadening or an enhancing of what is able to take place. That's actually kind of an interesting thing to think about there. That what they'll do with the draft, I I like that. Th- that'll probably be a good indicator. They're not going to host it live in Vegas, I don't think. In 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 in, yeah. in a month, <laughs> I don't think they'll be able to do that. I don't think they'll be able to do that. Uh, Bud and I. Have- Did you see the plan they had, by the way? Like the plan they had to, to have the, the draft picks arrive on stage? Uh, no, I did not see that. They're going to take them and put them in the boats and, and, and run them across the waterway to the stage. I do. Yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, okay. That would have been fun. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> Maybe something we'll be able to see in 2021. Who knows? We'll do stuff. We'll have content. Uh, Bud and I have, have talked about doing a couple different things for years now uh, that this may be able to bring us, you know, give us an opportunity to do. Um, we may be able to have a more expansive look back at the Jimbo Fisher air. We may be able to have a, a, you know, again, I would want a little bit more perspective. Maybe we could do uh, a recap of uh, 
of Willie Taggart's time in Tallahassee as well. So um, we'll keep producing content. Like Bud said, the beginning of the podcast, we ask that you support uh, any small business out there, ours included. And um, trust me, we will, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to see, uh, or you're not going to not see uh, an update from us for any kind of extended prolonged period of time. We we plan on trying to uh, operate as kind of business as usual, uh, albeit this is always kind of a slow part of the calendar year for us. So uh, we'll we'll keep pushing on and do everything we can to bring content to, to those of you that uh, we've been so fortunate to be able to uh, uh, to be able to do this for as long as we have. Yeah, you know, we we try for seventy five a year. Um, that's usually like. Two and a half during the uh, during the football season, and, and use about one a week in the off season. Uh, just to me, it kind of helps keep shows and keep shows full. I know our next couple shows for sure we have coming up. Uh, we're actually going to do the Snapcat or uh, Snap Count Draft Recap Show. We ha- we have the data now, so I'm pretty excited about that. And then we'll uh, we'll do it do a listener Q and A show. We have a couple questions that we still wanted to get to from the last one uh, that we we have left over. Now we have a lot of time to answer them. So that's that's great. And we'll we'll be taking more questions as as always. Patreon.com slash Nolcast. And you can also send them to uh, Twitter at Nolcast or Gmail, uh, Nolcast at gmail.com. We do check the Patreon ones first. Uh, no guarantee your question actually gets read, but pretty good chance that it does. Uh, if you guys want to give us five stars on iTunes, that's certainly appreciated. Um, any kind of positive review is great. So five stars, please, and uh, tell your friends about the show as we continue to grow. We had our best February ever, and we'll see about having our best March ever. Uh, we know that people are just really kind of hungry for content right now. Like the the bar to what people listen to, I think, is lowered because there's nothing else out there right now, entertainment-wise, unless you want to watch just Netflix nonstop, which they, uh, some people do. All right, Ingram, we'll pause briefly here to thank our friend Travis Johnson, attorney at law of the Metter and Johnson Law Firm, for his continued support of the Nolcast. You can reach Travis at 850-435-9919. Who is Travis? Travis Johnson is a family law expert, literally. He's a board-certified family law attorney. There's only 280 of those out of more than 110,000 attorneys in the state of Florida. A decade of experience. He's, he's even taught the subject. If you're going through a divorce, you know, maybe you have some issues dividing proper, property, maybe you want to modify an existing order or, or get a visitation order, need a prenup executed, uh, maybe some questions about adoption, dealing with acts or you know some, some kind of unsavory stuff. Look, or do you want to appeal a final judgment? Travis does that too. 850-435-9919. You want to go with somebody who has experience in the field and, and we can't recommend Travis strongly enough. So Travis Johnson, the Metter and Johnson law firm, 850-435-9919 for all your family law needs. Absolutely. If you, if you feel comfortable sharing with your friends, that'd be great. And when we return to normalcy, I invite all of you to, to join me, uh, on the first Reuben day that we're able to uh, take part in and I will travel down to Tallahassee and I promise to buy as many people Reuben uh, sandwiches as I can until my bank card tells me I can no longer do it. So uh, look forward to supporting everybody during this time. Uh, as we said, please do keep for the table Madison social uh, in your thoughts. And uh, if there's any way that you can support them, uh, we would, we would ever so greatly appreciate it. And uh, 
until until next time it's been a it's been a different episode of the Nolcast, but uh, glad we were able to do this and know that we will continue to be bringing you content this has been the Nolcast. the Nolcast is created and hosted by bud elliott and myself ingram smith produced by justin robinson with music by judson wright Thank you.